as people pass on furniture, you may get different vibes depending on who owned the furniture, what they were like, and they can be magical. That doesn't mean that they're going to get up and start walking, Emma. <laughs> Damn it. I really want a chair that comes to me when I want to sit down. Hello, theologists or sisters and misters. Welcome to the coven. So, Arthur and I had a very special visit for the first time. We've been friends for, what, almost 12 years? Yeah, almost 12. And we decided, since neither of us had anything going on, we had been quarantining individually. Um, and both of us are obviously very safe when it comes to CDC guidelines. And I decided to finally make the road trip up. Uh, I'm sure uh, that episode has already been uploaded, but we did record one very chaotic episode together. <laughs> <laughs> That's up on Patreon if you guys are curious. That was a lot. That was hectic. I love it. Uh, we recorded our uh, slash paranormal stories. It's almost completely <laughs> unedited because there was nothing I could do. <laughs> <laughs> So please support our Patreon to see the completely unedited version of our chaos. It is something. Like you guys get like a good solid like 75% of who we are. That other 25 is is, p- is pure chaos. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys are interested in seeing that train wreck, uh, feel free to go support us on Patreon. You can unlock that on the first tier and we would really appreciate it. Uh, So that being said, since uh, Arthur lives in Massachusetts, we decided to go visit Salem. Well, it was a very cold, windy day. We tried to keep, you know, our outside exposure to a minimum. So we sort of condensed our trip as much as physically possible. um, Yeah, and and double masking as well. And we used constant hand sanitizer. I my hands got so dry. (laughs) That's why we have the lotion back home. But yeah, so we were wearing like double masks and all of that. Um, And for me, wearing glasses, it got so foggy. I also wear glasses, (laughs) but I don't wear them when I wear my mask. So I walk around blind. (laughs) That's the thing. I'm too scared to walk around blind. So I suffer in silence. And everybody looks at me. strong to do that. Everybody looks at me and says, wow, is she an anime boy? Because I can't see her eyes behind her fucking glasses. (laughs) You just pull off the glasses and it's just little specks. (laughs) It's just tiny little eyes. (laughs) So, very first thing that Arthur was dead set on doing was going to the Salem Witch Museum. So we planned our whole trip around that and let me tell you guys, it was just us on the tour. It was us yeah, we were- and a single tour guide. <laughs> there were supposed to be other people too. He said there were supposed to be other people, but they never showed up. Which was for so the best. So they paid for their tickets. They prepaid for their tickets because you have to prepay online right now. So they prepay for these tickets and then they just don't show up. So it was just us and we got to move around the rooms and everything just freely. We could get up from a spot. 
and walk to another section if we wanted to see better, which was good for me. Definitely. Um, we were allowed to basically spend as much time in an area as we wanted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I want to talk about the Witch Museum as a whole and, like, your experience with that and, like, how you felt about it. So basically the way that the that this particular museum is set up is that it's basically, like, what was it, like a 20-minute, half-hour show? Mm-hmm. Um, where they had, like, a round uh, in, like, this circular room in, like, almost like a balcony section around the room uh they had these like animatronic uh people and figures uh that acted out different parts of the salem witch trial were they animatronic or were they just figurine they were just still figures weren't they yeah they were just still figures well in my memory because the story was just so So vivid vivid. so vivid (laughs) no but really it it was really cool so i want to know your opinion on the story what your takeaways were it was really exciting and it was very informative they put a lot of information into this into the um into the tour as they can and make it interesting because it is an interesting event but they did make it very engaging yeah they were very engaging with it um i actually learned a thing or two about not just the history of witchcraft, but the history behind the Salem witch trials, of course. Um, I, gosh, I wish I knew what drove them mad like that. There's so yeah. many theories. So that was like the big thing, right? Is like, it's these, uh, this group of like young girls that slowly started showing these like symptoms of, I guess at the time it was, you know, they didn't have a better answer for it. So they called it witchcraft. So like they were saying like it could be uh, some kind of psychedelic thing. Didn't they say there was some kind of like a uh, drug from like uh, something that they were eating? It had like some kind of poisonous hallucinogenic. I believe they said something along those lines. Yes. So it was one theory. The other theories were like that these girls were just so bored all day that they just started acting out and it just escalated. It just doesn't seem like it. Ma- that one makes sense at all. But they were kind of trapped in a singular room a lot. There was this one. This, there was this one scene where all the girls were trapped in a single room and weren't allowed to do a lot of things, and they had to do just basically only chores, and that was it. They also touched on like the girls at that time weren't really allowed to play the same way that boys were outside and they were very much taught to be like quiet and indoor if you think of a child like today and you told them you know your eight-year-old or whatever to sit in a corner and i don't know like churn butter for like (laughs) eight hours and you do that day in and day out for like years i mean i can see if that was the case, I could totally see why some girls would just start going crazy and just acting up. Like that, honestly, I think that theory was the one that hit me the most. Before I saw um, the show the for the tour, and I was re- they had like all these blurbs up around uh, the walls in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And I was reading one blurb about like the hallucinogenic idea and that theory. And at first I was like, that one makes a lot of sense. I could see that one being it. And then during the tour, they really got into like um, the fact that these girls were just so stifled. And then as soon as one started acting out, others started catching on. So it made it seem like they were, you know, infecting each other with with witchcraft. But really, you know, to me, what it seemed like is a product of, in a sense, 
mental illness of, I mean, and trauma. But there were also adults that were accused by other adults. And this was a lot out of spite. And a lot of like of the hysteria. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was hysteria that was surrounding the witchcraft and all those younger people starting to go crazy. And so people were like, oh my gosh, it's witchcraft. And the nurses were accused of the witchcraft. So they were like, oh my gosh, it's these demonic things, which is they often spoke of devils and demonic things because they were of traditional religions. The biggest fear was the devil was in yeah. everything. Dev- devils lurking behind every decision you make. Don't misstep. You're fucked. Even simple things such as being a woman and being able to live on your own without a husband was seen as witchcraft. Yeah, like... You're not following exactly what the Bible says and also what I tell you the Bible says because you can't read. Devil witchcraft. It's like, sorry you can't read and stick up for yourself because I say it's the devil, so that sucks for you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) And then, of course, like that's where all of those, you know, rumors that, you know, witches worship the devil and get their power from the devil. Now, Emma, let's not forget that men were also. One man had weights put on him. Yeah, so he was uh, crushed slowly by stone. Like he had like a, a a wooden like some like some sort of wooden platform stacked on top of him, and then just like stones slowly added and crushing his chest from the weight because they wanted him to admit that he was performing witchcraft. And so, I mean, first of all, uh, I know a lot of people associate the word witch with females. You know, and it's interesting to see that apparently that wasn't the case back then. Wizard, warlock, sorcerer are all the all the boy terms. You got you got the only one that's like. <laughs> but they're not. I know they're right? not official terms at all. You know, it's all fantasy terms, and I, the only one that seems to be gender neutral in fantasy world is mage. Yeah, and that's not even used. We just say witch. Exactly. A lot of witches are female. But a lot of witches are male as well, and we don't discriminate with gender. We really just don't care. We're talking about witchcraft and the craft itself. We're not talking to each other about our genders. That's not right. important. <laughs> no, the only reason why I guess I'm fixating on that a little bit is because of the stigma. And I mean, it makes sense why people interpret the term witch to be feminine because of the amount of women that were tried at the Salem Witch Trials. Not just that, but the um, uh, the media yes. portrays witches as female, primarily female as well. I'm, I keep bringing it up because it makes sense in this context. Harry Potter shaped so, at least our generation and like the millennial generation, it shaped, you know our view in a sense and radicalized obviously in a very like fantasy sense but like we learned a lot of these like little what we thought you know like uh you know hermione is the witch but harry is the wizard you know there's the school of witchcraft and wizardry and Mm -hmm. you know like that's just they they came up with that binary i remember like seeing the first movie and i was just like okay that's just what it is and it's not often that you see like a boy, you know, wearing a witch hat and all of that. But he should because it looks fantastic. And I agree. But so that being said, I like the fact that because obviously you refer to yourself as a witch and back then it was gender neutral. So it, it's just so weird. Like where along the way did it stop being a gender neutral term? 
I want to point out uh, something I learned. Yeah, go for it. There was one female. She was one of the few first to be... Tried. Tried. She was not hung, but sent to jail, and she died there uh, within a very short period of time. Uh, She had been accused of witchcraft. Uh, She was going to go to trial, and then she died in that jail. Now, her name was Sarah Osborne. She died on the 10th of May, 1692. They believe she was 49 years old, but she was one of the first victims and was placed in jail from the 7th of March to the 10th of May. We believe that she died due to the poor conditions in the jail, but there's no telling, really. So, like, why her specifically do you want to call her out among all the other victims of the trials? Because if you remember from my first introduction, my last name is Osborne, and my aunt is Michelle Osborne. Her birthday is the 10th of May. So literally the, the day, day that yeah. this woman died. Literally the day that this, yeah, that's it's quite an anniversary. So yeah. is the assumption then that she's an ancestor of yours? Uh, my aunt does believe in reincarnation. <laughs> we laugh a lot and say that she's a witch. <laughs> she does not practice witchcraft. My entire father's side actually does not practice witchcraft. Yeah, it's through your mother's side, mm-hmm. which is interesting because you get obviously your last name from your father's side. So do you think, though, that you might be like distant blood relatives or do you think it's just like maybe an incarnation kind of thing and just a really interesting coincidence that you share a last name? I think it might be an incarnation sort of thing. I don't think that we're blood relatives because it would have to be through my mother and I'm not I'm not so sure about that one. Mm-hmm. My ancestors came from Italy. You know that I've been uh I've been looking through the ancestry stuff. I came from England, Ireland and Italy. So, but that being said, you know, it definitely is very interesting that not only your aunt and this, you know, unfortunate victim of the trial share a last name, but, you know, two very significant dates in one's life, a death day and a birthday, to be on the same date as well. That's really interesting. It is. So that's why I had to bring up Sarah. No, and, and... I'm glad you did, because, uh, you know, you were telling me about that while we were in the museum and, you know, uh, looking at these big posters that like list all of the names of the victims and when they had died. And you actually like pointed her out and was like, that's the one I was talking about. I was like, ah, oh, it's so cool. It sucks that she died though. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry about your death, Sarah. Sarah, if you're with us, you sound pretty rad. <laughs> that's it. That's I doubt I she's with say. us, but you know. Nah, she's probably in Salem. Should have said hi to Sarah while we were in Salem. Oh my god, what if... Okay, but like, what if... We were going to go where all the hangings and things were, but we... It was so cold. We were too cold. It was so <laughs> We cold. were too cold. Um, okay, oh. so... Oh, what? Another one. Uh, my grandfather has an ancestor who served on the jury mm-hmm. for the witch trials. Oh, I didn't know that. And is buried in Salem. Oh. That's why I wanted to go to that one location where the where the jurors were well here's the here's the thing but it was cold (laughs) we will be going back hopefully in a warmer month maybe not in october especially 
not while COVID is still running rampant. Um, we are not going in October. It's far too hectic. I would love to go back. And I know we were talking about uh, the possibility of ghost hunting, which would be really cool. Support our Patreon for ghost hunting. Support our <laughs> Patreon if you want me to attempt to hunt a ghost, because I'll cry. You know you want to see Emma cry. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. There was one more piece of information that I remember quite well. I didn't take notes on this bit, so I could be off by a couple years. But it was 10 to 11 years before I was even born that witchcraft was legal here. Oh, yeah, that it could be like practiced as like a legal religion without discrimination. Yes. So like it was like what in the 80s that that was like finally a thing? Yeah, in the 80s, it was legal to be a witch. Uh, before that, no. That? So in the 1600s, no. I mean, it's so funny to me. Like, because now I'm just thinking about, like, all the cool people back in, like, the 1950s that were secretly practicing witchcraft. And they were like, we're hiding from the cops. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And, of course, it wasn't just Salem who were witches, but this is the location that we visited. I mean, that was the the epicenter. Mm -hmm. At least in the United States, as far as I'm concerned. It's one of the most famous ones. So, but that being said. We visited two very different witch shops while we were in Salem. Different in the sense of, uh, and I guess uh, Arthur could talk about this more than I can, but, you know, the overall vibe, almost complete opposite. I want to talk about uh, the first one that we went to first, obviously. Okay. I am going to name drop these locations. However, this is not defamation. This is giving a personal opinion on the location. We're not saying do not go to this witch shop. We're just giving a personal opinion on the shop. And just because our experience wasn't great does not mean that your experience won't be great. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But the first shop that we went to, uh, what was it called? Crowhaven Corner. And it sounded so rad. But like when we went in, to me, it felt very gimmicky. Like, you know, it felt like, uh, like a gift shop in a way. So I walked around the room to see if I got any sort of magic spark, anything. No magic vibe from anything, but the furniture. <laughs> Which is so funny. Like, of all the things in there, like, there were candles and there were tarot decks and there were so many stones and herbal packets and it was only nothing the furniture. Spiked me. Yeah. It was n- nothing... only the furniture. So... Furniture, if people don't know, it tends to take on the energy of people. And as people pass on furniture, you may get different vibes depending on who owned the furniture, what they were like, and they can be magical. That doesn't mean that they're going to get up and start walking, Emma. (laughs) Damn it. I really want a chair that comes to me when I want to sit down. And that was the only thing that was magical in that shop for me. So, I mean, that store, because this was the first uh, shop that we went to. And I have to admit, I, I came out of that very disappointed. I was expecting to really, like, get that vibe of, like, homebrew, witchy, I don't know. And to me, it just felt like half the stuff in that shop I could just buy online for cheaper. You could. <laughs> and, like, so that's what rubbed me the wrong way. So, obviously, Arthur's is a little bit more mystical. Uh, in his reasoning, but even I didn't get such a great vibe from it. 
Um, and it was after that that we decided to go to a second shop. It was a little bit of a walk away, but I think it was worth it. Absolutely. So let's talk about this one. This one is called Enchanted. Walking into this shop was a breath of fresh air. I was able to immediately feel that something in here was magical at least. So I was like, okay, one thing in here is definitely magical. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll find out. Uh, Turns out it was almost everything, (laughs) if not everything. (laughs) The shopkeep uh, who was working there at the time, she was absolutely lovely extremely informative um and i'll talk more about that in a uh, part two but i definitely i want arthur to uh talk more about his personal experience i'll get into mine in the next episode my personal experience with the shop was i was actually in this shop to purchase a very specific stone for my baby witch friend and he he asked for this stone and i was you know on the hunt for it the last shop did not meet my standards for it. I went into the shop, I bought the stone, and then I started looking around for myself. I was shown a couple candles that were made of actual beeswax and were used for different purposes, very tall pillar candles. I went into the back, found some smaller candles. Uh, Even the um, seven-day candles are there. There was pendulums. I've always wanted to do pendulum magic, so I bought one of those. I was really looking forward to finding one. And she taught us how to do them as well. She was a very helpful. So, I mean, walking around the shop, there was everything from like statuettes to candles, uh, both like handmade and otherwise. And there were spell kits, stones, some carved, and then like like uh, loose polished gemstones. Just... I even got something from Oregon. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, definitely talk about that. So your experience, uh, so walking around the shop in your head, you kind of had like your own little shopping list. And I I remember you asking the woman that was working there at the time if had anything in stock in regards to Morrigan. And she, I think she said like, oh, well, you know, like we kind of have this like a couple of like uh, Celtic things, but that's about it. Did you just say Celtic instead of Celtic? I thought it's pronounced Celtic. No, it's Celtic. Well, shit. Celtic is a hockey team well shit new england well now i look dumb arthur you couldn't have just like let it go you couldn't have just been like oh no i can't (laughs) wow oh no sorry bruins is the hockey celtics uh are the celtics hockey i don't know somebody tell me what the celtics are i'm not a i am a fake boss well obviously (laughs) i don't know she pointed out one or two things with celtic symbols and you weren't getting much from them but what happened after that And so I started walking around and I was like, okay, I need to find something for Morrigan. I feel, I feel like there's something in here. I saw out of the corner of my eye, something red, looked at it, then looked away. And then something in the back of my mind said, look back at that red thing. And I was like, what? It's just a shiny gemstone. It was a goblet that had one crow on all sides so probably about four and little celtic knots in it and it was very well made and i was just like i've never had a goblet for her and that would have been very helpful on the feast of the morrigan to have so obviously i bought that (laughs) so to me what was so interesting is that first of all you didn't know it was there and you basically like heard morrigan be like hey you should turn around and that's like you just immediately spot it and you knew it was for her it's a common witch thing to actually have your deity say hey 
turn around or go here. <laughs> and like getting that like urge, right? Yes. You get that immediate urge to go do the thing. And so like I, when you told me that when we got back into the car, I was like, oh shit. Like that Yeah, that you was didn't cool. get a full view of it until we no, got into I didn't. the car because I didn't pull it out of the bag because it was so big. Yeah, we were both <laughs> perusing like opposite sides of the shop. I wanted uh, to give Arthur time to really like get a feel for everything and make sure that he was getting everything that he wanted to i didn't want him to feel like rushed or i guess or be distracting but basically what i wanted to say for wrapping up for this episode is i definitely had a bit of my own experience at this witch shop so i'm not going to touch on that now because we're running out of time but we will be recording a part two uh and i'm going to dive a little bit more into my personal experience uh, with witch shop number two. I think you guys are going to find it really interesting. Let's just say that I experimented a little bit. I'm going to leave them with that. So that being said, hope you guys enjoy the cliffhanger. Next episode, we're going to get a little bit more into this. I think we're going to space it out, but look out for part two. And you guys can hear a little bit more about, uh, I guess, my experience. It was quite surprising. With witchcraft. And on that note, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Oh, goodbye.